Appamada's programmes and facilities are supported through your generosity. Your support really does make a huge difference. You'll find a link for contributions on the website at appamada.org forward slash contribute. Thank you so much. Thank you to every single one of you uh, for coming. So, Zen, Practice of the Awakened Life. So this title reflects something that I recently heard Datsu Tom Wright say. And as I remember it, turn this a little bit. As I remember it, he said, we don't sit Zazen to attain enlightenment. Zazen is enlightened activity. So that reframes the whole thing for me. Um, so Zazen is the activity of beings who are awakening, us. We practice Zazen because we are awakening beings, not because we are seeking anything or lack anything. So I started wondering about what else is enlightened activity. Dogen Zenji clarifies this when he says, our sitting is not part of our practice, but rather our activities are part of our zazen. I think that any action we take to support our own enlightened activity or our fellow being or that of our fellow beings is probably enlightened activity itself. Today, our practice of awakened activity will include exploring online zendo forms as well as sitting posture for Zazen. And we will be participating in the enlightened activity of sitting together. So since most of us here practice in, uh, yes, most of us here practice in the online Zendo, all or much of the time, I'd like to start today by reviewing the online Zendo forms. We offer these forms to ourselves and to the group in support of our mutual practice. All forms, whether in the online Zendo or in the live Zendo, are about training and mindfulness. As you offer the forms, you may notice if your body and mind are contracted or maybe you'll notice that the forms just flow as you feel open and connected to everything. The forms are a way to notice these things. The forms are a way to honor our practice and to honor yourself and to honor each other. And they are about attuning to and flowing together with our shared practice and uh, in our shared practice environment. So let's try an experiment. I'm going to put your hands in gasha and I'm going to count to three and then we'll, and then we'll bow. So one, two, three, bow. Okay, now we're gonna do it again. And this time, take a comfortable upright posture Allow your body to relax. Become aware of your connection to life and to everything around you. 
And then when you're ready, bow. So do you see the difference in that? Just walking up and just routinely bowing like that is very different than really knowing who you are and where you are <laughs> and, and flowing with things and then bowing. And so you can do this with, uh, this is, this is uh, the nature of, this is the essence of the forms. They, they show you where you're at, and they also sort of bring you to that place, you know. Anybody want to make any comments about that before I move on? I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. I have a question about something I haven't ever ask somebody because it never was, you know, like that little moment. Uh, but I know that that in terms of 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 bowing, in terms of, of our hands and so on, that we're supposed to be somewhere up around here. Mm -hmm. But go ahead. Okay, no, you go ahead. Tell me exactly what it okay. is supposed to be. I recently, I recently learned this. So it's like right at your nose. And let's see if I'm going to go in profile. And it's like a palm's width away. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. It's a palm's width away. So like your fingertips are like right at the tip of your nose and a palm's width away from your face. Okay, so, so for me, I do it differently. And I'm probably going to continue to. Okay. Uh, because, because I have found that if, if the that part of my hand yeah. is touching me right here uh -huh. that it it changes something in my body in a way that is conducive for me and so that's how i've done it but i never asked anybody why do we do it this way now why we do it this way i am not sure i do know that this is how in a yogic paths they do it and i I believe that that does have something to to do with touching maybe that chakra space there, but I'm not sure why this uh, for Zen. I'm really I I'm not even I could ask Peg, but I don't I've never heard. I I like the why of things, even if I make another choice for my why. Right. Well, listen. If I ever find out, I'll let you know. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Anything else before we go on? Yeah, go ahead, Milan. I just want to say that my wrist is hurt, so I'm doing it wrong <laughs> in the case you notice it. I, I want to move mine. Let me say this. You have to use good sense <laughs> with all of this. And uh, I mean, especially like things like your wrist, you have problems with your wrist. Uh, there's certain adaptations I have to make to sitting and a lot of people have to make to sitting. And so I would say the most important thing is to, to uh, do the forms mindfully, 
to be, to be mindful of them. And nobody, and you know, we don't do, nobody does them perfectly all the time. Well, maybe some people do, I don't know, not me. Okay. I, um, Ellen, I just want yeah. to add, um, so your instruction, um, which of course was to slow it down. Um, and I think you said something about attunement um, that it, it was completely different for me. And, um, and I got in touch with my breath because it was slower and it was just, yeah, much more connected to the people in the space and completely, completely different. So I appreciate your, you know, um, doing the one, two, three, and then showing the contrast. Yeah, that really helped. Thank you. Thank you, Rosemary. And thank you to all of you. And any more comments before we move on? Okay. Okay, still on forms. Um, Shahaku Okamura wrote a little booklet called Soto Zen. And in it, he says that the forms are good manners. All cultures have their own version of good manners and the Zendo, whether online or in person is no different. So at the very least, it is helpful for everybody to know what good manners look like in this setting. Anyway, good manners help us to live harmoniously together. So let's see. And then at this point, I was going to give you a reminder that everybody makes mistakes. Uh, so, you know, everybody flubs up sometimes and you, then you just move on. You just do the forms wholeheartedly, no matter what. And also be aware that forms are often slightly different from one sangha to another. And that goes for uh, in-person Zendo and online Zendo. So just Pay attention to where you are and what other people are doing. Peg describes our online forms on the Appamata website. And first, she lets us know that those of us in the cloud Zendo are fully included participants. And for me, for me, this is a reminder that even though I'm sitting at home, I've actually entered this practice space with other people. Even at home, I can offer the forms as a way of honoring the practice and the people I share it with. So by practicing stillness and silence, we provide a Zendo environment that is conducive to meditation. We online are as much a part of the environment as those in the live Zendo. We sit with as much stillness as we can. When you notice an itch or an ache, bring your awareness and breath to that area. You may be surprised to find that the sensation is not so fixed and intractable as you thought. Itching generally disappears. You may notice achiness changing in intensity or moving around. Sometimes as we continue to meditate, the sensation simply no longer holds our attention. But if you really must move, for example, needing to cough, or you think you may actually be damaging your body, simply place your hands in gasho and offer a little sitting bow before moving. And I would say this is particularly important, like in the zendo. In the zendo, if you're getting ready to cough, 
and you know it, you know, and you have time, you get you do that, or you know you need to move, you just do a little a little bow first. So, uh, and then as we as I mentioned before, if your body's very restless, consider going off camera like Marilyn did today. And I want to acknowledge that some of us sit with chronic pain. Um, and you can all you can do is the best you can. Uh, and the point is to create as little distraction as possible for others in yourself. So none of this means don't attend. Do sit zazen and do attend and do come. Uh, and and just uh, and just always keep in mind the rule of thumb: be as, as uh, provide as little distraction as possible. And I want to talk about pets. Um, I don't think my cat is a distraction, <laughs> but I think other people might. <laughs> and so uh, I've been, she and I've been working on it, and uh, I, I've started keeping keeping her uh, out. And so far, it's worked. I was afraid she would scratch and, and cry. Uh, some of my cats would have, <laughs> uh, but she's a pretty polite little cat. Um, and um, so just see what you can do, you know, uh, you have, you know, your cat and you know your space. And so do the best you can uh, with that. Um, and just as always, the rule of thumb is be as, uh, as, uh, as, as little distraction as possible is the ideal. Uh, same goes for kids and other family members. Sometimes our families need us and that's fine. Just go off camera and off mic. Uh, and speaking of that, just have your mic off uh, unless you're speaking uh, as, as a general rule. It helps keep things quieter. And whenever possible, sit in profile or semi-profile to your camera. And this is the online version of facing the wall. And this is primarily to prevent yourself from becoming distracted by seeing all those faces online, including your own face. Our eyes are naturally attracted to faces. And even though the gaze during Zazen is soft and not focused, facing the screen can be a distraction to you. And also remember, that although most people face the wall, there are always some rules that require people to face the room uh, and or the camera. And so for those folks, our presence and what we do is often in their line of vision. And their eyes are also attracted to faces. So if we face the camera, we may be somewhat distracting to them. And again, our guiding impulse is how to support the practice environment for everyone. As you know, we all face the room instead of the wall for the third Zazen session on Sundays. And so for this session, it is appropriate for those of us online to face the screen while those in the live Zendo face the room. And in this case, we all just have to practice with our tendency to be distracted. You face the screen, but practice not really looking at it. The vision is unfocused. It's sort of like looking, but not really seeing. And all of this being said, I know it may not always be possible for folks to sit in profile, maybe because of the way your room is arranged or for some other reason. So again, just do the best you can. 
Try, uh, try to avoid clothes that might distract like loud colors or tank tops. Um, personally, I don't, uh, I do the, I, I do this for Zazen, uh, wear muted colors for Zazen. I don't think it's quite so big a deal, like for a course, you know, is this where people aren't sitting in Zazen, uh, but still as a general rule, you know, pay some attention to the color of your clothing and avoid eating and drinking on camera. So all these online forms are about allowing everyone, those in the live Zendo, as well as those of us in the online Zendo, to give our full attention to practice. It's about taking care of each other. So thoughts and questions on all of this. Yeah, Jeanette. Um, when we chant, can we face the Zendo? Because oh. I need to see on my iPad and that's yes. on the table. And if I turn away, I won't be able to see the chant. I'm glad you brought that up. I hadn't thought about it. Yes, of course. Uh, and you can, uh, you know, you can print up a chant book. It's online too. If that might I don't be. have a printer, but um, I wouldn't know. I guess I could. Eventually, when Eventually, I get you might be able to get a chant book. Yeah. Any other thoughts or questions about any of this? Yeah, Becky. Um, there, I mean, there are a number of things. I mean, of course, I, I can't move my chair around, nor can I, you know, it's, it's like I try to do different things, but since it's often in the morning, I can't even move the whole uh, little uh, TV tray type thing that I have off to the side because it makes so much noise on the floor that the people below me would be bothered by it. And, you know, so, so I'm, I'm, you know, and also quite frankly, I, I really like to be able to slightly open my eyes and see that everyone is there as part of my being in the now. When, when I sort of move move out of that, then yes, I can open my eyes slightly or, or other ways of being aware of being in the now that is the whole now, as opposed to the now that my mind has taken me to, you know, not opposed to, but as well as. Mm -hmm. um, but but I really I really find it important for me to be able to slightly open my eyes. And it's not like this so much as like this. Right. and see and see yes you all are still there yeah it just uh, i'm glad you brought all that up uh yeah, yeah. The, and that's how we sit with our eyes general generally uh we sit with our eyes just a little bit open and uh with a soft focus and all of this that i'm i'm saying to you you just do the best you can with it well <laughs> an intentional thing for me though is what i'm saying well, I do get that, and I also get what you're saying about it. Uh, as a head student now, I do face the camera, and there are always some roles that face the camera. And at first, I, I didn't want to, <laughs> because I do find it a little distracting, you know. Uh, but, um, but I did find that um, exactly what you're talking about—the sense of connection with everybody, you know, too. 
but uh, still, I'm going to, uh, you know, just let you know, this is all on the website and you can look at it. Um, and I think that's why we, there is the one session on Sundays that we turn to experience what you're talking about, Becky. Um, and so we can all experience that, how it is to, it's, it is different. And uh, Becky, I wouldn't expect you to do this because I know that there, there's complications about moving all your stuff around, but, uh, but there is something to be said about looking at the wall. Hmm. You, you know, something to be said. And, and I do actually experience a sense of connection, not with specifics, you know, but a sense of connection with everything. Uh, so it's just a little bit different, you know? And so if you, if you can play with it, play with it, you know, a little bit. But thank you for bringing all that up. I know but not everybody can sit in profile. I, I, think that the, I think that the real important thing about the form, given that any of us may have things either where for this, at this time or, or always, that are gonna vary a little bit because of our needs. I think the important part is to know what they are to know why they are and to make an informed choice or necessity mm -hmm. for ourselves be okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Because, you know, there's a lot of the ones I break, you know, it's like, I'm going to drink during the, during the midpoint, you know, like the midpoint in sitting, I'm going to drink and I'm not going to turn off my thing and so on I'm just going to drink as quickly as I can because you know my saliva yeah and affected and so on I need to do that and you know it's it's like there are several things like that I wear my pajama tops sometimes they aren't ones with little bunnies or anything that anybody would know that I'd slept in it but if it's a choice between being here with you and not you know so so, you know, I think that that's the important thing. It's not that I just don't do it because of, of carelessness or, or any of those things, but that I have thought about it. I am comfortable with it as a choice that I make. And, and I know what I, my intent is. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. And of course, if you're you have uh, your mouth is so dry you must take some water yes please do uh and if you hadn't told us you wear your pajama top we never would have known so i'm not too worried about that <laughs> uh it's a rosemary and then Jeanette. question about slouch you know when when you're like after, after 20 minutes i'm probably my back is probably you know slouching and what about correcting during the the period you know do you is it better to really stay still with it maybe start you know or be more aware as you're sitting to stay where you are what what's your thought on that Art? i would when you notice it i would correct it because it's only going to get more and more uncomfortable okay and just but i would just do it kind of gently you know i mean you're you, you know you're that's, like that's the main thing gently, okay. gently slowly Correct, gently. Thank up. you. Yeah. Thanks. Good question. Yeah, Jeanette. I just wanted to mention that because I have Sjogren's, I also have to drink um, or I can't swallow. So 
I always have something here and it isn't intended to be um, disrespectful. Um, and I had another, oh my goodness, what was I gonna ask? Shoot, I don't remember. Well, when you think of it, raise your hand, okay. Okay, Are we ready? Oh no, Becky. One more thing I'd like to say. It's one of the appreciations I have for online is that people either, if they're ill for a while or if it's a long-term thing, whatever that is, that we have the ability to still be with other people in, the, in all of the things. And that some of these kinds of aspects that we've been talking about are part of what make it possible. You know, is, is that if I, if I, if my only option was to go to the, to the Zendo and so on, I would not be able to practice with other people. Right. And that is the beautiful thing about online. Either we're not even close to the Zendo or uh, there's people in Austin who, who are uh, like, here's Lisa, you know, uh, from Austin. She uses online a lot. So for one reason or another, we, uh, the online is important. And none of this means you should, uh, that you should feel the least bit excluded. It's exactly what you were saying before, Becky, just be aware and and have your intention to be, to not be distracting, but of course, take care of yourselves. Do take care of yourselves. Anything else on this? Okay, good discussion on that. Did I see Genev with, uh, with remember, remembering her question? Well, a couple of things. One is that my sitting room doesn't have a door, so it's hard to keep my cats out. I did just remember that I have a screen in the basement I could bring up and I can try, but one of my cats has got a lot of Siamese and historically if he's, if there's a doorway blocked, he'll just sit there and scream. Um, but, um, and I do my best. He actually doesn't get in the way it's the other cat. Um, so I don't know. Um, but, oh shoot, I forgot. Oh, the itching thing, it never works for me. Like, really? go away. yeah. It, I try and I sit with it and I think, you know, Kim says it takes seven seconds and I, I'm there like, where is just, ah, and then eventually I scratch it. So I just, um, is it better to just turn my video off or to bow and scratch? Like, is there a better option between the two? Personally, I think it would be less distracting to just kind of quietly scratch that little itch. Okay. I think it would be less distracting than turning your video off and then turning it back on. I was going to say turning video off and on can be oh. quite distracting because some people have right. changed my picture because it has bright colors in it right now. Um, but some people have, you know, it's a big change when a whole screen changes. Yeah. And uh, I tried Kim's seven second itch and mine always lasts longer than seven seconds too. But it is still an interesting thing to watch because it's it, even though it may not last seven seconds, it may seem like it lasts for literally forever. It probably doesn't. And, it, and what's also known, interesting is it changes. Anyway, it's something to just be curious about. 
So are we ready to go to the next part? If we're not, we won't. Any more questions? Okay. So now Zazen, Zazen posture, the, the major and most important form is Zazen posture. It's integral uh, to the enlightened activity of sitting Zazen. So when I first started thinking about this course, I planned on reviewing all the details of all the different ways to hold your legs uh, when you're sitting and all the different possible cushions. And all of that is important and interesting and I'd be glad to take questions about it. But um, in this hour that we have together today, I decided to stick with the most essential aspects of Zazen posture. Uh, and the most essential aspect of Zazen posture to me is that it is steady and balanced, upright, grounded, and relaxed. And in many ways, these four aspects of posture are inseparable. So first, steady posture. The posture doesn't wobble. It feels balanced. Whether we sit in a chair or on the floor, the posture is supported at three points. Our pelvis is one point, and the knees or legs or feet, depending on how you sit, form the other two points. So feel your weight evenly distributed on the sitting bones of the pelvis. Dogen recommends, and sometimes you're going to see people rocking a bit at the beginning of Zazen as they locate the balance point of a steady posture. So you'll see people going rocking a little, sometimes quite a lot, rocking a little forward, right, left. Personally, I don't rock a big like that but I do I do move I do adjust I do kind of move around till I find that little balance point and it is suggested by Dogen to do that and I do know from experience that feeling lopsided while sitting will drive you crazy it drives me crazy if I feel like my weight is more on one side than the other it just uh, it's so distracting it's so hard to sit uh, so, I, so that's a good thing to do in the beginning. Make sure you feel your balance. And so experiment with this for a moment. Take your usual meditation posture and find its steady balance point. And you can try rocking, uh, try various kinds of rocking if you want to, to do that. Um, Sometimes I kind of wiggle my bottom a little until it feels right. Can I ask, how, well, how do you spell rocking or what's the meaning? Maybe Jeff can... Back and forth, oh. side to side, that's rocking. Okay, thank you. Are, are you finding your balance point? Lisa, are you finding your balance point? Okay. So now the upright aspect of posture. We usually sit upright because Zazen is an awake and alert practice. But upright is not rigid. It is the relaxed natural contour of the spine. 
The steady, balanced base you've established supports the gently upright spine. And tuck the chin just a little bit, just slightly, because it becomes extremely uncomfortable uh, if you let the head drop back. And this is a tendency I have. Um, and I, I do see sometimes people do it quite extremely and it, it can be so uncomfortable. So just pay it to the part of a gently upright spine is remembering to keep the, ten, the chin tucked just a little bit. So uh, try this, feel your balance and then pay attention to this gently upright spine. Let the chin tuck just a little bit. Okay, everybody got the feel of that? Okay. And I wanna just make a note on this point that if you are ill or you have back problems, uh, you may not be able to sit upright. Uh, and uh, so it is, it is possible to meditate laying down. Um, but uh, if you're going to be doing this online or in the Zendo, do talk to a teacher about it first uh, before you just go ahead and do it. But there are times we're all ill sometimes. And uh, so it, it can be done lying down. Uh, what I've been told about uh, uh, doing zazen lying down is if it's possible for you to keep your knees bent, better for your back, uh, for one thing. And also it gives you the possibility of being a little more alert, not just falling asleep, you know, which is the our tendency when we lie down. So I'd like to speak to this too. Yes, go ahead. Uh, that that uh, if if other people like me are not able to sit upright on our own, but have to have it so that it's, you know, sitting on a chair that actually provides us with the uh, support to be able to stay upright. Right. And, and so I think that, that um, I spent quite a long time trying to figure out how to make sure that I, I, mean, I, I rearrange this as my bow to my seat. You know what I mean is like, that's what I do before I come online even is I, I do a whole, my ritual is different. And part of it is in setting everything exactly the way that I, I know it needs to be such that I can sit fully upright because my back isn't upright ever otherwise. Thank you for mentioning that, Becky, because um, I, I guess at this point, I'd like to mention support support for the posture like in Becky you you figured out all, all the supports that you need um there are support cushions that you can put under your knees behind your back there are all kinds of support cushions and I'll tell you when I first started sitting I was in my 30s and I said I didn't even know you were supposed to have your your uh, your uh you, you should sit on a cushion. It, it helps your posture. It supports the posture to sit on a, a little bit of a rise, a little bit of a cushion. I didn't know that. I sat flat on the ground on a towel, you know, because I was just a kid. Uh, but um, as I get older, my seat gets taller and taller. <laughs> and uh, 
And, you know, if I sit with my legs crossed, I have to have cushions under my knees. And uh, I've got a, a, a wonky right leg. And I have to have a cushion under my ankle. So you are not the only one who need, we uh, almost as we age, especially, we will almost all need some, some kind of support. That, uh, yeah. And the fully upright position is the most effective in terms of of everything that in our bodies and mind can can be open to and so it's it's worth the little half inch quarter inch changes that you might need to make to be as fully upright as you can oh thank you for saying that becky i'm so glad you figured out a way to do it me too yeah <laughs> it's sort of an ongoing process i think sitting there's constant adaptations yes Jeanette um so a couple of things one is sometimes when I'm sitting and my eyes are you know on my desk not up here and then I open them a little more I realize that I'm you know like this or I'm like this and it feels upright and straight to me so I'm not sure if I turn there whether I'll get that feedback, you know, that I'm oh, oh, actually like leaning. And I have a back that I, my left leg is shorter. So my back, uh, you can see in an x-ray, it curves all the way over here, which means that my head is inclined to go like this. And mm -hmm. I have this really straight thing right here. And I look up and I'm, you know, I think I'm straight and I've got my head all like this or my head back like this. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but um, my thoughts I are have that... a thought, but... oh, okay. <laughs> so, so um, Geneva, I have, I'm crooked, you know, like I, when I go to dance class, they keep telling me, you know, like you're, you're over like that. I'm going, no, I'm not, I'm straight, you know, and the, so um, Flint one day said, you know, it's Buddha to Buddha, put a mirror on your altar. So I have this little mirror. And I and I can tell. I'm like this. Oh, yeah. So I can tell. Um, That's so cool. I can't but, really. I haven't figured out how to put up an altar put, that my put cat some, put something up. Yeah. Just um, I don't have an altar because my cats would just unless I put it back there and I turned my back to everyone, which is not really what I want to do either. Um, just okay. something to think about. Yeah. And that's so cool what Flint told you. But yeah, my spine's wonky also <laughs> and so all you do is you just uh yeah you just do the best you can if you if, if as you're sitting and you say you're not looking at the screen uh i mean i i do pretty much i i check my posture often in a sit uh anytime in fact i was going to talk about this in a little bit later in the talk i'll just skip it later and and talk about it now is one uh, if once I notice my mind's kind of caught on to a little storyline, uh, then the next thing I notice is my body um, is really tense. You know, some part of my body is tense, and at that point, the mind and the body are so connected. Then just let the body uh, relax, and then the mind also relaxes. But in that, so as you're checking your posture, that's one thing you might you might notice. And I would say, if you don't notice it, then I wouldn't even worry about it. If your perception is that you are upright, I don't think I'd worry about it. 
And in a session, sometimes the teacher will walk around quietly and and sort of eke you back up, <laughs> eke you back up straight, you know, and that's always helpful too. Mm-hmm. But I'd say just, just you just have to do the best you can as with everything. Okay, let's see. Okay, so the grounded part of the posture. We are of the earth and we sit grounded as part of the earth itself. So we feel the force of gravity naturally ground our hips downward. You can just feel this as a heaviness of your hips on the cushion. And from this grounded, balanced, steady posture of the lower body, the upper body is free to be lighter than air. So the heaviness is is in the bottom and that gives the, uh, the upper body freedom. Freedom to relax for one thing. It's got this steady balanced base. And that is, um, that's the next thing I wanted to talk about was, um, uh, was, uh, let's see, was the relaxation. So uh, I would say that relaxation is the crown jewel of uh, posture. Each one of these aspects of posture that I presented uh, make relaxed body and mind possible. The steady, balanced, upright, grounded posture makes it possible to relax every part of the body. And with this support, we can consciously relax the skin on the top of our head, the muscles of our face, the muscles of our neck, shoulder, back, all of our muscles. And the relaxed body can feel a boundless openness And it is this boundless openness of body that facilitates a boundless and open mind. So when I'm sitting, and and that's what I mentioned to you before, I just scan, I I, I periodically scan my posture triggered by, ooh, there's some repetitive thoughts going on. And then invariably, my posture will have gotten tense or something like that. Um, And... Uh, when the body is relaxed and open, it's very likely that the mind will follow. And so sitting for me is an ongoing process of noticing what is going on in the posture, allowing it to relax and trusting the mind to follow wherever that leads. So soon we'll be sitting together and we can apply all of these aspects of posture. But before we sit, are there any questions or comments about posture? Yes, Jeanette. I don't remember where I learned this, but whenever I find that my mind has gone off, I go back to um, gap, a grounded, aware presence. And I really feel each of those three things. And it's it's been a really, I've been doing this for a year now. It's just now a year. And, um, and it's really been there for me this whole time. Uh, I, I love that too. Uh, uh, 
I, I wanted uh, I wanted to have some time to sit during this program and use what you know what I've been talking use what we've learned here. Um, I was hoping to do a Brahma Vihara meditation. Are are you all familiar with that Brahma Vihara? Well, let's not do that right now then, because it would take a little time. But maybe we could use the gap, the gap meditation. It's just a, it's really just a, a condensed version of what I've just talked about in some ways. Um, so I guess let's go ahead. Uh, let's go ahead then and and take your posture and pay attention to to your posture and find your balance point and all of that. Alan, can you say again, what does a B stand for? Uh, ga okay, gap meditation. Uh, G is grounded. Uh, a is awareness. And P is uh, presence. Would you like me to time it, uh, Alan? Um, yeah, Rosemary, uh, let's, let's just do this. Let's do this for uh, 10 minutes. So take your relaxed upright posture. Notice the breath moving naturally. And find your balance point. Make sure you're balanced on your cushion. Balanced and steady. The spine gently upright. Come aware of the shape and weight of the body on the cushion. And notice gravity, the effect of gravity on your hips on the cushion, grounded to the earth, the mother earth. Body is grounded, steady, balanced. And from here, the upper body can relax. Like warm melting wax, warm melting wax, feel the top of the head relax. The face, back of the head the neck, progressively, shoulders and the torso, all of this supported by the lower body and the gravitation of the earth. Aware, the senses are not turned off, they're all on. 
as you breathe, aware of feeling of the air on your skin, any smells in the room. These sounds, the body just is, the breath just is. And the object of our senses, they just, everything just is. Sit in this awareness of being right here, right now. Presence, simply being present right here, right now, with friendly attending. little itch. You just have a friendly attitude and just notice it. A thought. With a friendly attitude, you just notice it. Oh, there you are. And then let it go. Maybe it'll come back. Maybe it won't. And sit like this for a little bit.
Thanks to every single one of you for being here. I've really enjoyed it. And I hope you will come back. The next uh, the next session will be uh, Saturday, uh, March 4th. And that will uh, we'll be taking a look at Shikantaza, just sitting. Um, I think that'll be good. And uh, and then uh, on 311, uh, when Peg, uh, when I was talking to Peg about uh, this course, she said to present whatever I might have wanted to know when I first started. So one of the things I would have wanted to know was uh, uh, about uh, women's place in this historically, in Buddhism historically. And so we're going to be looking at some of the awakening poems of, of the first Buddhist women, the, Terig uh, the Terigata, and have a chance to write our own awakening poems. So that'll be fun. <laughs> so I hope to see you again. Thank you so much for coming.